What's up guys, Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Shriners Hospitals for Children Open. I think that's the last time I'll say the full name of the event, but this is a great field. This is the first of two legs in Las Vegas. Remember, the CJ Cup gets moved from Korea to Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. So a lot of the guys who are going to end up playing that event also opting to play here at the Shriners since they're going to be in Vegas. So we have a great field that we're going to be talking through, but a few housekeeping items here off the top. Uh, I've got winners from last week that I drew for a subscription to rickrungood.com. That's the site where all the tools that you're going to see me ever use are available. That's my site. Those two winners, James Coward and Brendan Tyndall, Tyndale, Tyndall, however you say it, congratulations. Uh, I've sent you a note, get in touch with me, I'll get you all set up on the website. A couple of other housekeeping items. Uh, if you would like to win a subscription to rickrungood.com or merch or swag or whatever, I've got something a bit different this week. So I'm going to use the very short off season that we have in between. Basically, it's uh, I think it's the end of Mayakoba, the first week of December, through the Tournament of Champions. There's three weeks off for golf. And that is usually the time of the year where I really dive in and update, update the database, make a lot of improvements to the site. And I'm asking for a little bit of input from you. So there is a survey in the description of this video, and I'll show you what it looks like because it is very simple and it'll take you about five seconds to answer. Just asking what fantasy sites do you play on? Uh, if you're here for fantasy golf, golf betting, or both content, what state you're in. And then if you have any questions about fantasy golf or golf wagering, because I think in the past, I've kind of made the mistake of creating tools just to create tools saying I have to have a cheat sheet or I have to have game logs or whatever without thinking about what and why. So if you have a question like, here's a really great, great question. What type, what types of players fit this course? If that's the question, I can create tools around how to answer them. So this is your opportunity to provide some input, uh, hopefully help the direction of the website. Cause I'm going to really dive in and actually I've already started diving in to creating all the new stuff for, uh, the end of this year and into next year. So it's going to be awesome. Have a lot of great stuff in mind, but wanted to give you guys an opportunity. And if you fill this out, I will, I'll, I'll randomly, uh, draw a lot of names. I mean, I've got subscriptions to the website. I've obviously got hats and, sh and shirts and, uh, I have golf balls with the Rick run good logo on them. I have a, a, a box full of, uh, water bottles that I had made up for the DFS open. I've got a bunch of stuff in the closet I can give away. So I'll just draw at random and give some of that stuff away. Try to empty out the closet a little bit. So it helps uh, both of us, hopefully. Uh, and then the final thing, there is a live chat this week. Again, on Wednesday, they've been very popular. I've been pleasantly surprised with how they're going. We're going to continue to do that. So it'll be Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. A little bit earlier this time, 10 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday, that live chat already exists. So you can go to youtube.com slash rickrungood, see it on upcoming live streams. Uh, you can drop your questions in there now. Quite honestly, that might be 
the best idea because there were there's been so many questions they're hard to get through. So I just start at the top and start rolling through them. So if you want to drop your question in now, better chance that I'm able to get to it. Okay. I think that's everything off the top. Let's jump into this week's Shriners Hospital Open. All right, TPC Summerlin. I love this course. I was actually there uh, Thursday last year. Obviously, won't be on site this year, but a uh, great walking course. I had the whole place to myself, and we have a lot of great history because TPC Summerlin has been the host of this event since 1992, so plenty of data to go back and look at. Uh, and there's a couple things that stand out to me uh, on this par 71, awkward par 71, 7,255 yard course with bent grass greens. Um, you can kind of bomb it without regard for accuracy around here. The rough is almost non-existent, uh, not penal at all. Uh, so you can kind of get your get away with bombing it all over the place. And then um, the winning scores, three of the last four years have been... 20 under par or better. Historically, there's been a lot of really low scores here. Uh, sometimes this turns into a putting contest. And you can go through on rickrungood.com and you can see who the bentgrass specialists are. But I'm just going to go straight down to the key stats because the data is so strong for this week. And I love it when your observations with your eyeballs uh, coincides with what the data says. And, and the most important stats at TPC Summerlin, which again, we have great history at, strokes gain putting ranks fourth, meaning that there are only three other courses on the PGA Tour in which strokes gain putting is more important. And I haven't mentioned this in a couple of weeks, but if you're new, this is this uh, regression model that I run, which looks at basically, I think we're up to 12 years worth of data now, uh, compares all the golfers uh, PGA tour stats for that year and looks at the courses that they have success at. And you can basically start creating profiles of golfers. So I love this. So only three other courses in which strokes gain putting was more important. And then only seven other courses in which driving distance was most was more important. Uh, and to me, that says exactly what I think everyone who's ever been to TPC Summerlin who, or who has ever seen on TV uh, what's going on? Uh, you can bomb it without regard, and it's a putting contest. I, I think it's very clear. So uh, those are the types of golfers that tend to have success. So if we go down to this field, uh, I hate to break this to you, but there's basically a guy who ranks uh, pretty much number one in both of those categories. So we've got Bryson DeChambeau, who is your odds-on favorite. He's your most expensive golfer in the field. Leads the field in leads the tour in driving distance, 325 yards last season. And then, oh, by the way, in terms of putting, uh, he's third behind only Denny McCarthy and Andrew Putnam. Uh, and of course, the other two, Putnam and McCarthy, come come nowhere near the driving distance uh that Bryson is able to put up. So that that's the type of golfer we're looking for. Uh, some of the other good putters, obviously Kevin Na. Well, he's had a ton of success at TPC Summerlin. He's won twice. Christopher Ventura. We're going to talk about him. He's a he is quite honestly, I think he's a really good uh, kind of sleeper ish play this week. I think he's eighty to one to win this golf tournament. He's seventy one hundred dollars on DraftKings. You can see not only does he gain strokes off the tee, but he's the sixth or uh, fifth best putter in this field. And of the top five. 
He's the only other golfer besides Bryson DeChambeau who hits it at least 305 yards. The other guys are, you know, 290, 270, 280. Um, so Ventura is a very unique skill set. He's been playing really well recently. I'm going to keep my eye on him quite a bit this week. Let's jump over to the cheat sheet and dive into kind of each one of these tiers and talk through some of these golfers more in depth. I'm usually the first guy to say, Hey, you know, the most expensive golfer, you know, he might not be the best play. Um, I have concerns about it. I have concerns about paying this much. And really the only concern you could possibly have about Bryson DeChambeau is that he won the U S open and he's coming off of this, this first major title of his career. And how is that going to affect him? If that's the only thing that I can come up uh, with, with a knock on Bryson DeChambeau, it's a pretty weak argument to make because if you look at uh, the course fit, which historically would be, would be perfect for Bryson bomb it. Don't worry about the rough. Uh, and then put, put your brains out, which is essentially what he did all of last season and through the U S open the last time we saw him, uh, that's the perfect fit. And then the results are there too. So he's played here four times. The last three have been no worse than a seventh place finish. And he won here two years ago. Remember when you're looking at the event history, we are technically in the 2021 season. So when you see that Bryson finished fourth in 2020, that was this time last year. That was the 2020 season. This is the 2021 season. Don't get those confused. It is a little wonky to think about. So I don't really have a knock for Bryson. Uh, we'll see later in the week and we'll talk about it on the live chat on Wednesday. Like what is this ownership going to come in at? Is it worth it? Like, because you could make a case that, um, there's a pretty good pivot to Webb Simpson at $11,000. Who's got, who has, you know, three straight top twenties here. He's got a, a seventh place finish, uh, last year. If we go to more history, he's played here a lot. So let's pull up Webb here. Uh, by the way, one here in 2014, he's only, you know, if Bryson's seven to one, I think Webb was nine or 10 to one. So, so if the ownership of these two golfers comes in significantly different, you could argue that Webb would be a pretty good GPP pivot if Bryson is 25% owned and Webb is 12 and a half because Bryson's not two times as likely to win this golf tournament as Webb Simpson is. So I think that's interesting. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. I think I don't think that's a topic for today. Uh, we don't know enough yet. Both of them, I think, are, are very great plays. Um, and then here's what's kind of shocking here. I, I'm almost like, uh, well, a couple things. I, I I don't want to skip Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay is, if you love course history, Patrick Cantlay is your guy. I'm not as in on Cantlay. You know, he's he's kind of been meddling around. He's been a little bit average since the Memorial. I think he only has one finish inside the top 30 in his last six starts. But when you have a guy who's played here three times and he's gone win, runner-up, runner-up in those three trips, um, you know, you're talking about some of the best course history for any golfer at any event. I'm trying to think who else would even like Hideki at waste management, uh, is probably up there. I mean, there, there's just so a web at Wyndham. Like there's probably so few guys that could even, even though it's only three years, boast anything close to that at any event. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm kind of in a wait and see approach on Patrick Cantley. I think that that history is going to drive a lot of ownership. Again, we'll consider that on Wednesday. I'm kind of appalled at where Tony fee now is at, you know, 10,200 and, He's played well here, um, but let's look up his. Let's let's pull this up here. I, I was just so shocked to see Finau be the fourth shortest odds, which then in turn uh, 
makes him the essentially the fourth most expensive golfer on the slate. I was a I was I was shocked by this. Uh, I know he's coming off the eighth place finish at the U.S. Open. I know he played well down the stretch and he popped up at the PGA and he contended at the 3M and he probably should have won the Memorial. Right? I get all that. Uh, but you're now talking a, a price range that re- almost requires victory or, or almost requires you to finish in the top 10. And, and I just would like it a lot more. I'll tell you what I would like. I would like it if he switched places with Colin Morikawa. If Morikawa was 10-2 and Tony Finau was 9,800, that to me would make a lot more sense. Um, Morikawa, you have to remember, I mean, his... The start that he had to his career, which was, you know, the 20 whatever, five consecutive cuts made second to only Tiger Woods, um, that streaks over. And since then, he's been a lot more volatile, right? He's missed three cuts in his last nine starts. The the opposite side of that is he's won twice, including at Mirfield Village and the PGA Championship. So if he's going to be more volatile and he's just going to win more, like that's kind of cool too. Um, I I think what's interesting is I think it's kind of appalling that I saw his number at twenty two or twenty three to one. I think it's kind of crazy that he is the sixth most expensive golfer on this slate. Um, I. He's a low. He's a local. He's a resident of Las Vegas. This should be. A, I mean, he's probably sleeping in his own bed this week or for the next two weeks. Like this should be a very comfortable stretch of golf for him. And I do understand that his his weapon, one of his weapons, his ability to hit every fairway doesn't really matter here. Doesn't necessarily play well at TPC Summerlin, or or, or it's not required. But you're talking about putting a wedge in his hand, putting an iron in his hand. He's the best in the world. Is it going to turn into a putting contest? Maybe, which I guess I'd have a little bit of concern about. We we know the um, the putting has been has been the bugaboo for Morikawa in his young career. But um, let me let me do this real quick because I think there's a story to tell. Um, let's look up. Hmm, how are we going to do this here? Let's do Morikawa again. I'm using the Holy Grail. Uh, tool on rickrungood.com. It's in the strokes gain database. So I'm just going to filter by Colin Morikawa and I'm going to do uh, his career up until the break, up until the 91 days that the tour went on break. Let's see what his putting stats were. Cause I think he's been a lot better after this. I think he's, I think he's maturing is what I'm getting at here. So he was a negative 0.17 putter in 80 rounds in his career before the break. Let's see what he is after the break. It might not be any better. I just, my perception just might be that it's a lot better. So 80 rounds before and okay. Yeah. He's about a, uh, what is that? Uh, four tenths of a shot better, almost a half a shot better. So he goes from minus 0.17 to plus 0.16. So we're talking about a third of a shot per round on the greens better than he was before the break. Um, I think that's a story to tell. I think that's progress. He's very young. He's maturing. I, I think there's a story to tell there. And if he starts to putt, even if he putts like this, like he has since the restart for the rest of his career, he's going to win a ton, an absolute ton because the rest of his game is so strong. So that's my case. I'll probably make it all week that Morikawa 
arguably the the most mispriced golfer, and it might only be four hundred dollars, but four hundred dollars at ninety eight hundred and ten two, like I think it's a big difference. And then you put a couple guys in between them. I, I think it is. I think it is significant. We might as well stay on that um, on the holy grail holy grail for a bit and see what's going on here. So I, I've loaded in obviously the Shriners um, uh, field. And what we can actually do here is we can do this by by the Shriner. So we can see who's played well here historically. So let's load this up and give it a second. It's a lot of data. So I've got like four or five years loaded in here. Um, and we'll just sort by strokes gain total. Of course, Patrick Cantlay in his 12 rounds, I mean, averaging over three per round is phenomenal. Pat Perez, uh, only... I have eight measured rounds for him, so that's two years. He's second. Uh, he's only $7,000. He's played a little bit better recently. I, I've actually made the argument that I think it's been a little bit of fool's gold that Pat Perez has been as good as he has been, but uh, you know, plays well here. I think he's got ties to Vegas, right? Doesn't he have? Let me look this up. I'm pretty sure he's a Vegas guy, or I'm confusing it with Phoenix. Yeah, I think I'm confused. He's, a, he's an Arizona guy. I thought he had ties to... Vegas for some reason. Maybe he just likes to party in Vegas. I don't know. Uh, Frankie Molinari back in the field for the first time since a while. Uh, a WGC event, I think. Uh, he's back in the field. Ricky Fowler's played well here. Again, only one year's worth of history. And then here's DeChambeau, who's got the four years, the biggest sample size, averaging over two strokes gained per round. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. But I'm actually going to tr uh, transition this to just since the restart, and I will uh, unfilter on tournament. And we'll just see the, the best players in this field. Um, and, and you can see Christopher Ventura. There's that name that's going to pop up again. So he's fifth on this list. In his 18 rounds since the restart, he's gaining over a stroke and a half per round. Uh, by far the best of anybody under you know $8,000. Sam Burns also on that list. He missed the cut last week. But uh, there, are, there are some values in this field. And if you want to kind of look at the ball strikers better, uh, you know, the Tita Green guys, I mean, Camilo Villegas, uh, I don't know what he ended up finishing last week. I can look this up, but I, he only has six rounds. Uh, but he's the best in this field in strokes gained T to green. I think the vast majority of that was from last week. He was he was great from T to green. Then you get your standard Will Zalatoris, Russell Henley, Sergio Hideki, Scotty Scheffler. Um, HV3 is kind of sneaky, right? HV3 all, all the way down at $7,500. He is four, five, six, seventh in this field in strokes gained T to green since the restart. That's a pretty sizable uh, sample, and it's also a very important stat, and he's $7,500. Uh, pretty interesting. I'm in the in the sub, you know, 10K range, in this 9K range, I'm, I'm really feeling Matthew Wolf. Uh, I, I've said this countless times about him over the past couple of months. The game is maturing at such a rapid rate. Uh, Summerlin should absolutely fit his skill set, right? It just, just go bomb it. Who, who cares? See what happens. Uh, don't worry about hitting the fairway because it's, it's not important. And, uh, he finished 18th last year's only trip to TPC. Summerlin actually followed that group around for a little bit. The, the group was Wolf, Morikawa and Neiman last year on Thursday and Friday. It was excellent. Um, Matthew Wolf ended up finishing in the top 20s, coming off the solo second at the U.S. Open. He's just been piling up these top 15 finishes, these top 20 finishes. I think this really suits his game. I do think, so last week, um, Scotty Scheffler was a fade. 
Scotty Scheffler was the most expensive golfer on the on the slate. He was a fade for me. I was a little bit worried about him kind of knocking off the rust and what he's been doing. He ended up finishing 37th. He made the cut, but certainly did not pay himself off. Now he's $2,000 cheaper. That, that to me seems a little bit off. I mean, um, you could tell he was rusty. He told us that his game was all over the place. He still ended up finishing in a tie for 37th. Uh, I think this is probably a buyback opportunity on Scotty Scheffler, who was one of the most highly owned golfers on the slate last week, if not the most owned golfer. And I think if you owned him, you weren't you weren't pleased. He didn't burn you, right? He didn't he didn't Sam Burns you, but he certainly didn't pay off. So I don't think there's a huge rush to get back in on Scotty Scheffler. So that's the kind of you know zig while others zag situation where. This might be the opportunity to go get him at 9,400. Um, who else is down here? You know, Sergio's 91. Uh, I, I think if you've been following along uh, long enough, you, you kind of understand. I'm I'm not a big Sergio guy. I'm also certainly not a, a big, hey, play the guy who wins for the first time in three years, play him the week after when he's now multiple thousand dollars more expensive. Uh, he's still going to be a tea to, uh, to green guru. You know, he made a lot of news and, and storylines for putt, literally putting with his eyes closed last week. And, the, and, and to his credit, the numbers were awesome. I mean, if you go to his strokes gain stuff by round, he gained strokes putting uh, in each of his four rounds last week, I could not find another instance in my database in which for all four rounds of a single tournament, Sergio Garcia gained strokes putting. Uh, now, the, the weird part is he's been telling us he's been closing his eyes and he's been doing this for the better part of three or four years, which one, I don't necessarily believe, but if you want to believe it, um, then, then last week was kind of an outlier because if he's been doing this, he's still not a very good putter. And and, and last week might have been that outlier that we look for in some of these, you know, hashtag team no putt golfers. So I'm not going to buy in on it. Uh, if if you think Sergio's a good play this week, he's probably going to be a good play many other weeks. Uh, no need for me to to get in on on Serge. Here's another one, um, Louis Ustazen. What? So he withdrew last week on. Monday, I guess. Uh, so the, you know, the odds were already out. The salaries were already out. He was 11,400, I believe, whatever his price was, he was the second most expensive golfer behind Scotty Scheffler. Um, and, and I, I, before we started recording anything, I was thinking, you know, he might be a pretty good pivot off of Scotty because he's played so well recently. Now he's 8,800, like, huge discount. I liked him last week. I'm, I'm probably going to like, I, I have to like him this week, finished third at the U S open 25th at the BMW championship, 13th at the Northern trust. He's never played here in Vegas, but uh, there's, there's nothing to really argue about. He was very, he was expensive last week. The industry uh, thought he was, he had a good chance to win last week. The field gets, yes, it gets better, but it doesn't get that much better if you're a Louis Eustace. And this is a big discount. Um, I, I think you got to kind of feel the waves of the industry, um, you know, as it moves week in and week out. And, and Louis feels like a guy that's now in a, in a buy opportunity. The bottom of this 8K range, the Wills Alatoris, Cam Davis, Joaquin Neiman, I think they're all fine. I think they all have decent upside. I think I'm, I'm concerned, you know, Cam Davis, who, who's gotten himself in contention over and over and over again over the past couple of, of months, two months or so, 
seems to melt down on Sunday or on the weekend almost every single time he gets there. That, that'll that stop eventually. He'll start feeling more comfortable in that situation. But, man, it is really difficult to um, to want to back him, right? To, to want to be a part of that knowing that, you know, maybe he's just a showdown play because he can go out and shoot something really low uh, one or two rounds at a time, but it's hard for him to put all four together, especially when it comes to the weekend. Sub-7K range, I think there's very clearly something happening with Denny McCarthy. And I, I talked about this probably a month ago, and he's been on my radar a lot recently. And, and let's go look at Denny McCarthy by tournaments here because there is a story brewing with Denny McCarthy. Um, okay. So I am now sorted by his, uh, by date. Okay. So most recent tournaments first. So I've already looked this up. Look, look here since the three M open, what his strokes gained approach numbers have been and what his strokes gained approach numbers were essentially in his entire career before the three M open. So here, here's the, the numbers behind it. In his last six measured events, that goes back to the 3M Open, he's gained a total of 12.9 strokes on approach. To put that into perspective, in the six measured events before the 3M Open, he lost 15.9. That is a 20, what, 28 stroke turnaround? Um, Clearly... He's starting to turn the corner with some of his ball striking. And when he is already the best putter on the PGA Tour for two years in a row, now we've got something. We've got something cooking here. And the results are starting to bear it out, right? The ninth at the Wyndham Championship, the sixth last week at Sanderson Farms. He's going to continue to putt like an animal. And if he can add just this one aspect to it, uh, you know, last week he gained, he gained strokes in all four major categories last week. It's only the second time in his career. He's done it right. I scrolled down here. He did it. Um, where else did he do it? Did it one other time? Where are you? Oh, right here. 2018 Wyndham championship. I mean, he was a small gainer, but he did gain in all four categories. Uh, only the second time. I, I really do think something's happening here. And if we talk about this potentially turning into a putting contest, I want the best putter in the world on my side. I, I really believe Denny's Bruin. I, I, I really do. Talked about Harold Varner the third. He's seventy five hundred dollars. He's one of the better tee to green players, um, not only recently, uh, but in this field specifically. I think he, I think I said he was seventh in strokes gained tee to green since the restart. He's another guy that has to start closing on Sundays, but he's putting himself in positions more and more often. Um, he also had a top ten at the Wyndham Championship, and he's played a lot here at Summerlin uh, to varying degrees of success. He's made the cut in four straight. He had a fifteenth place finish in the twenty nineteen season. That was his best finish in that stretch. So, you know, varying levels of success. I think he's a fine play. I think it's a really good number on him at 7,500. Lonto is 73. So he's not the automatic sub 7K plug Lonto in, but um, let's look him up in the strokes gain database because he he's just been very solid. And, and, and since we haven't seen him play, we haven't seen him play since the U.S. Open, you know, that's what three or four weeks that he just kind of goes forgotten. You know, you know, Lonto kind of catches a little bit of steam and he's played well. Six consecutive cuts made uh, three top 20 finishes in that stretch, including the BMW championship, the tour championship. I guess the tour championship, um, there was only 30 golfers in it. 
but I believe he improved his position from the staggered start. And then the PGA Championship was the other top 20. That's obviously great. He made the cut at the U.S. Open. So it, he's just solid all around, right? You can see there's no real hole in his game. Uh, there's no, not a huge strength either. He's just kind of solid hanging in there, hanging around type of golfer. And I believe he's played here once. No, twice. Uh, missed the cut in the 2018 season, finished 18th in uh, last season's edition of the Shriners. Stuart Sink is 72. Um, he's putting it together. You know, he followed up the win at the Safeway. He didn't play back-to-back. Like, he didn't play the next week, obviously. But follows up the win at the Safeway. When his next start, he finishes 12th at the Sanderson. That was last week. Uh, I thought I read that his son will not be on the bag this week. Not sure if that's negatively or positively impacting or won't impact at all. But I'm pretty sure I read that um, he will not be on the bag. And we haven't seen Stuart Sink in Vegas since the 2017 season. He finished 15th there. I think that's a fine play, but I imagine a lot of the, um, see, I think there's a really interesting case at 7,100. I think Christopher Ventura eats up a lot of this ownership. I, I think that's fair because he is the rare combination of off the tee putting hits it far enough. Uh, and he's playing well, right? Three, or I'm sorry, two top 10 finishes in his last three starts, which is essentially what got him into this event. But then you have to look at some of the other guys, some of the the peers here. And like, is Christopher Ventura a better play than Joel Damon? Um, You know, Joel Damon, an established tour pro. Is he a better play than Ben on? Ben on is now like $3,500 cheaper than he was last week. Uh, Let's look at the numbers for Ben because they are very bad from last week. Uh, he had a Ben on week. He lost 6.3 strokes putting in two rounds. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Ben on. I mean, he's now lost nearly 10 and a half over his last four rounds. That's what you get when you invest in him. Uh, I guess we're aware of that, but is he, you know, does he deserve a $3,500 price decrease? Maybe, maybe not. So what I, well, I guess what I'm getting at here is I think Ventura is the chalky $7,100-ish play. I think there are some interesting pivots with a Stuart Sink, a Benny on if you really want to take on risk, a Joel Damon, a Pat Perez, who we mentioned earlier, or if you kind of want that safer option, Adam Shank. If you just want a guy to make a cut, Adam Shank seems to be that guy right now. I think he's up to nine cuts in a row. Um... On the PGA Tour, he's got uh, two top 20 finishes in his three starts here in Vegas. I mean, come on. Come on. I I think it's, uh, he just continues to pump out, you know, top 30s. I don't know what his upside is, and I don't know if he knows what his upside is, but um, he's certainly a, a safe option at the moment. There are a couple of guys with decent history that I rarely play. I mean, Cheston Hadley, $6,700. He's gone 18th, 7th, and 4th in his last three trips here. He is certainly not a safe option, but, you know, a top 15 at the Safeway, a top 20 at the Barracuda, a couple of 50th place finishes, and he missed the cut at the Sanderson. I think you could do worse than Chesson Hadley. Uh, There's also uh, Bo Hostler, who... Three straight top 30s here in Vegas, including a 7th three years ago. He's been a bit more consistent right four straight cuts made uh but he doesn't have that upside or perceived upside that 
that Chesson Hadley has shown. Those are guys I don't normally play. Um, but, you know, looking at the composition of the field, looking at the peers that they're against, looking at the history around here, especially because the history is so strong at TPC Summerlin, like I, I, I'm okay with it this week more than most. Um, and then Zinzun Zhang uh, will kill you like 50% of the time will finish in the top 10 or the top 15, like the rest of it. So this is the ultimate boomer bust play, but I think there's a couple of things that are noteworthy. Uh, 16th place finished last year, missed the cut three years ago. He's one of the only golfers in this range that technically gained strokes in all four categories. In fact, he is like the most average golfer on the tour right now. I mean, he's 0.1 positive off the tee. He's 0.01 positive on approach. He's 0.06 positive around the greens and he's 0.09 positive in putting. So you're talking about a guy who is literally within a 10th of a stroke (laughs) to zero uh, positive in all four categories. He's like the most average golfer on the PGA tour. Now, I guess the positive side of that is you could be an average golfer on the PGA tour and finish 65th every single week, but he doesn't do that. He just alternates or not alternates, but it's like miscut, miscut, 11th, miscut, 14th, miscut, like he's going to do it that way, which I guess is valuable in some situations. So I certainly wouldn't rule him out um, in your GPP lineups if you're looking for significant upside, especially because he missed the cut last week. There's there's going to be little incentive to go back to um, to go back to Zinzun this week. Let's make a custom model and get out of here. Let's make a custom model. So what do we know about Summerlin? Well, uh, I guess we've got to go with distance and we've got to go with strokes gain putting, right? Those are the things that uh, the model were very high on and high on them compared to other um, other events or other courses, I should say. So let's go pretty big on it. Let's go 35 on strokes gain putting and let's do 30 on distance. That leaves us with 35 weights remaining. Um, let's do, you know, I've got to do a little bit on T to green, right? We'll do 15 on T to green. We will do, oh, and let's do, uh, let's do 20 on birdie or better. This thing's going to be a scoring fest, right? I mean, you're just, you're just going to have to shoot something really, really low. So let's see what this model pumps out for us. And I kind of, I guess I could have guessed this. There's no, no surprise that Bryson's my number one golfer. I think the surprise is, um, he is significantly the best golfer in this model. So, uh, the way this is set up, the lower the score, the better. So Bryson is a 7.7 in my model. Tony Finau, the next best golfer, is 33.1. So then there's not that big of a gap between Finau and Harris English, who's 36, right? So, I mean, Bryson's literally lapping the field in my model. And I, I hate paying for the most expensive golfer. This might be the week that I do it. Uh, so my top five are Bryson, Tony, Harris English, Patrick Cantlay, believe it or not, that goes against my gut. Webb Simpson, that rounds out the top five. Then I get Sam Burns and Christopher Ventura. They're both sub 7,500. Scotty Scheffler, Lonto Griffin on there. This is kind of how the Lonto Griffin stuff started is like every time I ran a model, he'd be in the top 10 of it or whatever. And I'm like, maybe Lonto's good. And he's always $6,500. Now he's $7,300 this week, but I still think he makes for a fine play. I'll tell you what, you know, there's a couple guys that go against my gut 
in this model, which I think is a good thing. That's there's a reason. That's why I do it. Um, but this is a pretty this is this this player pool of the top 10, 12, 15 golfers. That's yeah, that's like the guys I would want to play. So uh, I'm completely comfortable with this. It makes a lot of sense. All right, there we go. Shriners this week. Uh, betting preview will be out on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we'll do the live stream. There'll be fades and sleepers in between all of that. If you fill out the survey, take you two seconds and, uh, it'll help both me and you hopefully in the future. I'm stoked about it. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon.